So three words to describe Christmas. You, uh, you may say not another sweater. <laughs> Maybe those are your three words. Um, ate too much. I could certainly already say that with some of the Christmas parties that we've been to. Uh, maybe some of you, your three words would be, my family's weird. Uh, <laughs> hopefully not. If that's the case, hopefully, okay, I just saw a finger get pointed here that got pointed back. You know, all of these might work to describe Christmas, but if you really want to get to the heart of what it means, if you really want to get to the heart of why we gather together, why we celebrate this time of year, why we um, gather for worship this evening, the reason behind all of this can be summed up in three simple words, three words that, that not only change the course of human history, but three words that continue to change the course of our very lives, three words that can change the course of your life. And those three words are God with us. God with us. And these are more than just words. This is more than just a phrase. This is a definition. These three words define not only what Christmas is all about, but they define who Jesus is. So when Isaiah says 700 years before the birth of Jesus, Isaiah writes these words. He prophesies these words to God's people. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. He's telling people that God himself will come and dwell with us. God himself is going to come near to us. So near, in fact, that, that you could call him Emmanuel. You could literally say that God is with us. And, and that's the meaning of Christmas. That's what we celebrate this time of year, that Jesus left his throne of heaven. He entered into our world as a baby, lived amongst us, and died on the cross for the sacrifice that our de sins deserved so that now we could be at peace with God. God with us. And it's so simple, those three words. They're so simple that it's very easy to miss the power behind them. Maybe you're here tonight and you've heard those words just so many times that when you hear them, they don't really hit in your heartstrings the way that they once did. So I want to just remind us of the power of those three words briefly tonight. Let's just think about it word by word. The first one, God, the almighty creator of the world, the CEO of the universe. God, the, the perfect holy one. God, the one who is surrounded right now by thousands upon thousands of angels who are singing out to him, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God, the ones who they are laying their crowns down before his throne because they are not worthy of them. They're worshiping him even right now. This God is with. He's not beneath He's not above, but he is with. He is shoulder to shoulder with you. 
feeling our hurts, experiencing our pain, sharing in our suffering. God came into our world to live with us. Broken, hurting, sinful, wandering us. The creator of the universe living amongst those whom he created, experiencing our life, our troubles, our joys, our defeats, God took on flesh and became one of us, Emmanuel, God with us. It's amazing. And this is how the New Testament records it. <clears throat> I actually want to read the story tonight from one of my favorite Bibles. People ask me a lot, what translation do you use? What translation do you prefer? Um, this is one of my favorites <laughs> because it has a lot of pictures in it. And so maybe that says more about me than this, but it's the Jesus Storybook Bible. And I love this because of how much my girls love this. This is the Bible that we get to read to them. And, and every story in here is, is so beautifully written. It's so powerful. If you have a child, if you have a grandchild, a niece, nephew, just, and you're looking maybe for something to get them, maybe Christmas is too late, birthday, something like that, because you want to pour into their spiritual life, this is the strongest book, uh, children's Bible, that I've ever read. Um, I found, like, there are times in my own devotional time where I will pull this book out and read it because it's so well written. It's so beautiful. And I want to read to you how... They write the nativity story. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she said, I am God's servant. Whatever God says, I will do. 
Well, sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem to the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeeper told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon, Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable, so they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there, in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows and the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feed trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. It all starts here. Through the chaos, the shopping, the parties, the food, it all starts with Emmanuel, God with us. God leaving his throne to be born in a barn. God giving up the comforts of heaven to be a servant of all. God leaving the glory of heaven to pursue your heart, to pursue the scorn of the cross. And he did all of this for one reason. It's because he loves you. God loves you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter how unlovable you think you are, God loves you. No matter how damaged you think your heart is, God loves you. He loves you and he was willing to do whatever it took to bring you back into a relationship with him, including his son Jesus, to make a way. And so that's exactly what this baby would do. Jesus would grow up and make a way for us to come back to God. He lived a perfect life like we couldn't. He died the death that we deserved so that we could have the life that was his And Paul says it best in 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. God made him, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that through Jesus we might become back to a right relationship with God. One that we could not do on our own, but Jesus did for us when we place our faith in his death, burial, and resurrection. This little baby laying in a manger would eventually take the sin of the world upon himself so that we could be at peace with God. He would make a way for us to be in a relationship with him. So as we remember the birth of Jesus tonight, I want us to spend some time reflecting on the reason why Jesus was born in the first place. He was born as a substitute for us. He was born as an offering for our sin, a pathway for our peace with God. And so on the last night with his followers before his death, Jesus gave us a way to remember him, and it's called communion. 
During communion, we take a piece of bread and a little cup of juice to remember his death, burial, and resurrection, to remember the reason why Jesus was born in the first place. And there's nothing magical, there's nothing special about the bread and the, and the juice. It doesn't do anything except help us remember Jesus and what he gave for us and the reason why he was born. So here in a moment, the servers are going to pass a tray, and we invite you to take the cup and to hold it, to take the bread and to hold it. If you join us typically for our Sunday morning worship gathering, you can just share in communion as it's passed. I want us tonight to take communion together. And so as those trays are passed, hold the bread, hold the cup, and then we'll share in communion together as we remember as we remember Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, as we remember the place where it all started, a baby laying in a manger, God with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Jesus, for sending him. Thank you that through him, God, you were with us. You were not above us, God. You are certainly not beneath us, but you came shoulder to shoulder to live with us, amongst us, that, Lord, you showed us the fullness of your love through him. You showed us what abundant life looks like, and you paved the way for our eternal life through him. So as we go into these next few days, as we have parties and family get-togethers, and we eat a lot of food, and we open up presents, and there's just a lot of things that are going on. Lord, tonight, may we just pause and remember the beauty of what it is that we celebrate. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen.
God with us broke his body for us. So we remember that as we take the bread. As we drink the cup. Lord, you are good, and you are gracious, and you are kind. And we worship you tonight. May our lives be a continuous act of worship, because, Lord, you and you alone are worthy. Father, may your light shine in us, and may it shine through us. Lord, may your grace be known in us and be known in us. In Jesus' name.